The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself, Bully Ray, and Mark Henry talk about the thousand-day reign and celebration and new title belt for Roman Reigns on SmackDown. We also get into Daniel Bryan and Okada. We're going to see it. We get Mark and Bully's take. Also, we talk to Chris Statlander, your new AEW TBS champion, right here on the Busted Open Podcast. I think the word of the day is undisputed. Yes, undisputed is definitely a word. Now, Mark, you said you have a question. What's your question? Hey, boys and girls, do you know what undisputed means? I don't think the WWE does, but I digress. Whoa! Uh, Dave, my question is, now that they've given Roman Reigns a new title, mm -hmm. does the blue title and the red title go away? And he only have one title, which was the one that Triple H presented to him as the undisputed title it's a it's a great question because once they gave that new championship to roman he handed both those championship titles to paul Heyman. paul Heyman then put them on his shoulders i would think the new championship is now going to make those two titles obsolete now there's just the one championship title belt that would be my guess Bully. i have no freaking clue because it really doesn't make sense to me I mean, let's let's take uh, just the design of the championship uh, belt. I mean, they handed Roman a championship that looks exactly like the other two championships, only it's a different color, and it has Roman's logo on the side plates. If you're going to present somebody with an undisputed brand-new championship belt – you would think that it would have some type of design that represents New. the 60 years of the WWE. Oh, but wait. Yes. There's more. They do have a championship like that, and they just made it up and gave it to Seth Rollins. It's like there's all of this pomp and circumstance 
behind the new championship belt and what it means and the words used to describe it, but it's the same exact belt as the other two belts, only it's a different color. Yeah, and I and Bully, I think you're 100 percent right. It does like now we have two new championship titles. But you're right. The even though that new world heavyweight championship, which a lot of people get confused with the original world heavyweight championship, which is not, it's a new belt that they just constructed for this. It, that has all the lineage. That has the tribute and the nod to Bruno San Martino and to Hulk Hogan. And like you said, Bully, the diamonds that that represent the 60 years that the WWE has been in existence. So all those tributes and, you know, all those markings are on that new championship title that's being represented on Monday Night Raw that Seth Rollins holds. The new title that Roman has, because they've done away with the brand titles, it's not red, it's not blue, it's gold, but it looks exactly the same as the other two titles. That gold and black. Yeah, I mean it's it is a bit confusing, but but Mark to your point and Bully to your point, it is that word undisputed. When I think of undisputed, I think of the first person that comes to mind to me is Mike Tyson. Back in the '80s, there was all these different boxing championships, but what did Mike Tyson do? He beat every champion. He had like six title belts on his shoulders and around his waist. And what did they call him? They called him the undisputed world champion. Why? Because he was the WBC, the WAB, your sister's ass. He was he was every title holder. So what did they call him? The undisputed, undisputed. world heavyweight champion. Because he held every title. And why do you use the word undisputed when talking about Mike Tyson's reign as uh, the champion of all champions in boxing. Why do we use the word undisputed? Because there can be no dispute about who the greatest is of uh, uh, of that time. You can't dispute it because he's won this championship and this championship and this championship. It's not like he held three out of four championships and somebody and and somebody goes, Mike Tyson's the greatest of all time, and somebody says. I'd like to dispute that because he only holds three out of the four world uh, heavyweight boxing championships. Thus, we can dispute it and have a conversation. The WWE has decided to say Roman Reigns is the undisputed champion despite coming out with a brand new WWE world championship belt. I mean, this is just... This is this is just applying pure logic. This should be idiot proof, but it's not. No, it's not. I, I have a question. Go I'm ahead. full of questions today. How many of those titles do you think they're going to sell? Oh, undisputedly a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, you they know, are. Bully, bully and I are always going to take it back to money. And if you can sell twenty five thousand, let's just say twenty five thousand in the entire world titles, mm -hmm. those titles are between fifteen and three thousand dollars a piece, depending on uh, what type you get. Do you get the the little Velcro ones? 
<laughs> do you get the ones that's got the pleather? Well, or do you get the heavy duty leather with the metal plates? How well, many of these titles are you going to sell? Well, here's the thing. I went to WWEshop.com just as you were speaking, Mark, and they have your new uh, WWE Undisputed WWE Universal Championship. It's right on the on the main page. Undisputed WWE. Go ahead, Bully. I want to guess. I want to guess. I want to guess how much it is. Well, Ooh, right, just, wait, hold on. Before you guess, I got to say, because it's pre-order now, it's a special event item, so it's a reduced price, just so you know. Okay. But go ahead. I'm going to say $2.99. You would be wrong. Higher? Higher. $3.99. You would be wrong. Higher. There you go. It's a pretty penny to pay for an undisputed championship. It's five hundred dollars, and you could you could uh, and they're going to be nice. You could have four interest-free payments of one hundred and twenty-five dollars if you sign up for some convoluted thing that they got. If but, I call uh, right now, do I get two undisputed championships for the price of one? Well, I I mean I no that no. would be a no that would be a no. And that being said, to answer both your guys' questions as well, right now it's the most popular item. On wweshop.com. So there must be a slew of people paying $500 for this, again, undisputed WWE Universal Championship replica title belt. So it's not going to be like. That's the replica title. That's the replica replica title belt. So they're going to sell some of the real ones, Dave. And they're going to be. Fifteen hundred to three thousand dollars. Actually, I think the replica is the real deal. One mark. Is it really? Yeah, I think the replica ones are the highest, highest ones they sell. Unless you're having this strap made by the exact same person that makes it for the WWE, in which then you'll be getting charged full boat. Okay. But yeah, well, that's a lot of money, man, and minimally. I mean, they're going to sell 100,000 of those titles before it's all said and done with. Dave, well, I think they've called it, I think they're calling it the Undisputed Championship for a reason. Right. I really think quick, they call, Wait, yep. hold on. Before you go into it, just on the same thread. So, guys, as you know, now that there's a Undisputed WWE Universal Championship and a new title belt that fans could go to WWEshop.com and buy. That means those other championship titles are now obsolete. So if you wanted to get the WWE championship replica title belt, like they're almost gone because now they're discontinued. So how much do you think it would be right now to go and buy the WWE championship replica title belt? Just throw out a number. How much? One twenty nine. $129. You would be wrong. You would be wrong. Higher. Is it the same price? Higher. It's higher than the brand new? Yes, because these are discontinued now. They're not going to sell these anymore, so you have to buy it now. Once they're gone, they're gone. How much is it? $1,999. That's on WWEshop.com. Yes. The uh, the Are WWE you- Championship replica title belt. Now, 
There's still some in stock, but it's going to be gone very, very soon. As a matter of fact, right now, as I'm saying it, so you better hurry up and go get it. There are only seven titles left. And once they're gone, they're gone. So if you just happen to have $2,000 in your pocket, why don't you go and buy that WWE Championship replica title belt right now? Shit. I never walk around with less than three large on my hip. I'll get you one too, Dave. You know what? You could get that. If you have three on you, you could get that, and you could get two of the new championship title belts. Sorry. Not for me, folks. Not for me. Oh, wait. Hold hold on. If you use code (laughs) BELT25, you get 35% off. But wait, there's more. (laughs) So there you go. Wow. Yep. Undisputed. But, no, yeah, money is undisputed. All right. So, I mean, obviously we have a problem with the word undisputed. And again, listen, I don't mind. Listen, if they want to charge $2,000 for that title or however much it costs, that's on them. You don't have to buy it. Nobody's telling you that you have to buy it. If you want to buy it, it's there and it's available. I always get upset when people like are so mad about, hey, nobody's saying you have to buy it. It's there if you want to buy it. So we none of do, none of us said that yeah. there was anything negative about there's buying it. There's nothing bad. Listen. It's about money. Go buy it. You yeah. know what it's about? It's about merchandising. It, it, That's where the real money is made. But and there's and there's a bunch of these belts. And I know there are a lot of belt collectors and there's probably and if there are any belt collectors and they can tell us the significance and what's the difference between the replica i'd love to hear from some of those fans because guys we see those fans all the time right you yeah. go to a, you go to an event there's people with all the championship titles and i always make the wise ass comment who did you beat to win that title but you know people like carrying those championship titles around so i would love to hear from a collector the significance of this but i think the i think the word that we're stuck on is undisputed guys we've been talking about especially over the last week about how much significance is the wwe putting into that new world heavyweight championship you know it wasn't the main event in saudi it was the opening contest in saudi um and now after seeing that video package that opened up smackdown on friday to celebrate roman reigns and the fact that they're calling it the undisputed wwe world heavyweight championship i mean i think I think you do have to look at Seth Rollins' World Heavyweight Championship like you do the Intercontinental title and the United States Championship. How could you not? Am I wrong? No, you have to. I'm, I'm, I'm Bully, you, you, you think any different? No. No. After watching them put that championship on first in Saudi, after seeing Seth Rollins' first night on Monday Night Raw as our new champion in a tag match, after seeing the package that they put together for Roman uh, on SmackDown, I'm being taught by the WWE to look at Seth's championship belt as a secondary world championship on its best day. Hmm. I don't know how else I can. I mean, especially with the package that we saw that opened up SmackDown. Talk about the rich history of the wrestling business. This wasn't just about 
um, past and former WWE slash WWF slash WWF world champions. We saw Flair in that video. We saw Harley in that video. We saw Sting in that video. Kevin Nett, every NWA World Heavyweight Champion who held the championship for a significant amount of time, WCW champion, and Dave, they might even have thrown in a Bockwinkle that you know got under the radar. I'm not sure. Uh, the, the, there was a ton of them. I mean, you know, they showed uh, Ron Simmons. They showed Barry Windham. They showed Jack Briscoe. Like you said, Harley Race, uh, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. And they were talking, you know, Heyman saying that Roman is the greatest world heavyweight champion of all time. As a wrestling fan, you know it's hard. All the blood, the sweat, the tears, the chairs. It's a hard day out there. And do you know what tastes incredible after a hard day in the ring? A Mike's Hard Lemonade. You get all hot and bothered, and then you can cool off with an ice-cold hard lemonade. Since day one, Mike's Hard Lemonade has been making lemonade the hard way. They take three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, and cold-press them to create a taste like no other. They choose to do things the hard way because they know hard days deserve a hard lemonade. That's why for 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. Find now in store, Mike's is hard, so is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium malt beverage with flavors. Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Hey everyone, it's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts, or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. And, Bully, I want to go back to Friday night and SmackDown for just a moment. 
And we had the celebration. Triple H hands him that new championship title. I'm guessing those other championship titles are now going to go away. And we're going to have just the one championship belt. But I think more than that was the Usos. You know, Roman, you saw the Usos come down that entrance ramp. Roman was not happy. He got mad at Paul Heyman because he said that he did not want them a part of his celebration. Paul Heyman said, I didn't invite them. But yet, yet there they were. And it seemed like for a moment you almost saw an emotional Roman Reigns. I mean, Jimmy Uso was saying, hey, I did what I did out of love for you. Tough love because how you disrespected us. We're brothers. We're family. He even said it's Solo. Solo, you're my brother. Solo went over to Jimmy and Jay Uso. So it almost seemed like at odds with Roman. And then you see the embrace of Jimmy Uso and Roman. And then that one word that got everybody to gasp from that crowd. And that was the word no from Roman. And then Solo Sokoa with the spike. Bully, what did you think of the ending of SmackDown from Friday night? Awesome, fantastic, wonderful, superb, divine, impeccable storytelling. Any other adjectives that are good, great, stupendous put that on there too storytelling at storytelling at its finest right there not saying that much lots of facials how about what how about when solo walked over to the other side of the ring he did it nice and slow took his time let the people register let the people digest let them react let them understand as opposed to going a million miles a minute let the people feel the emotion of the moment let the people be able to read the expressions on your faces let the people uh, be, let the people allow themselves to immerse themselves in your tone your volume your inflection your body movements your subtle twitches everything Everybody in in that ring plays their part perfectly. Play all, plays off one another perfectly. Yes, Mark. Roman made one mistake. Mm. Roman got emotional, and he put his hands on his eyes, covering his face, and then he wiped the tears. Rather than when Solo walked over, he should have faced them. And let the tears fall and looked at all three of them and gave time for the camera to get behind Mm. Solo and let those tears be seen and then he wiped them and, and change and get more like, come here and hug me. And then you would think, okay, they're gonna get it together, which we got that anyway. And then the no. Like, it's just so many layers. They followed pretty much everything but the one. And that's to let people see the emotion. That's the whole point of wrestling. That's why you get in that emotional state of mind to allow your body to show the people how you're feeling, to entice them to feel with you. And that was the only thing that I I would have changed. I, I I wouldn't have wiped my I wouldn't have stopped my tears. 
Guys, when it comes to the the heavy or the bodyguard or the imposing figure that this that Solo is playing, we've seen plenty of people throughout wrestling history play that bodyguard role, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, is anybody doing a better job than Solo, or has no. anybody done a better job than Solo? No. And and I love I love what he does without doing anything at all, just keeping his arms folded, just staring into space. He's not just staring into space. He's staring through all of us. He's making sure that he's making contact with everybody, eye contact with as many people in that arena and at home and looking like a BMF. Yeah. When Hunter gave Roman the new championship, the undisputed championship, remember when Roman went over and showed it to Solo? Solo gave the slightest of nods of approval. It reminded me of when Pi May told the story of walking down the road and and then the Tibetan monk and Pi May gave the slightest of nods of approval to the monk. Solo just kind of never moved his head, just shifted his eyes down and gave maybe a one centimeter nod of approval with his head. I was like, oh my God, it's brilliant. Not even Roman showing the new championship to Solo phased Solo because the only thing that phases Solo is when Roman tells Solo that it needs to phase him. And think about what you just said, Bully, because I saw that too. I saw that glance he gave to that championship. Think about that. That you and I, and I'm sure thousands of other people that were watching SmackDown on Friday, saw just the movement of someone's eyes. Think about that. Not even a, not an expression, not a word, just the shifting of the eyes. That's how attracted we are to this storyline right now, that we're examining the shifting of Solo's eyes and how important that shift of eyes were, Mark. Like... When I, when I, you know, listen, we, we've been talking about this story now for a very long time. And I remember saying, man, this is the best thing going on in wrestling. And then I said, this is the best thing going on rest, in wrestling in years. Now I'm saying this is one of the best storylines I've seen as a fan of pro wrestling. This story yeah. that's going on with the bloodline. I mean, I, I don't, I, it's, it's the best thing I've seen in wrestling <clears throat> in 20 years. Dave, I'm, I'm going to, um, educate a lot of people on what bully was just talking about when he mentioned Pai may Pai may is the white-haired uh super wrestler uh super martial artist in the karate movies and Pai may a, a, a slight acknowledgement he would grab his beard and he would flick it like this like hmm and that's about if you got that out of Pai may that was big so just to explain what Bully was talking about, that's that's what he was talking about when he mentioned the Pime. I got it, but I didn't know if anybody, everybody else would have gotten it. So I wanted to explain that. But you talk about the subtleties of getting over with your facial expression. Um, the video that Brian Danielson did in the desert where he was talking about the rainmaker 
And you notice that when he started with his finish and he said, the rainmaker, I'm in the desert. And then he turned and he looked, I mean, as aggressive as I've ever seen him look. And he said, we're in the desert. It never rains. Bro, my skin crawled when he said it. Subtleties of cutting promos. It, it, it's, it, it's just very understated. Bully is another one. Bully is not always on impact, uh, demonstrative in his movement. Ah, he, he, Bully's not that. Bully is, he's slow turning, eye glaring. I made you. I own you like it's that kind of stuff pulls people in and even a whisper and, and and people can look deep into the camera and they can say you know like it, it's, it's 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 masterful you, you have to study it yeah and i think i think mark and bull and you guys know better than me it's very easy to scream and yell and it's very easy to go blue like when you scream and yell and you go blue, you're going to get a reaction from the crowd. But are they going to really remember it? And then what are you going to do the next time you have a microphone in your hand? Nowhere to go. Sc- yeah, you can't keep screaming and yelling and you can't always go blue. Because once you do that, then there's nowhere else to go. But like if you if you do talk in a very monotoned way, like you said, you could do more with your eyes and your facial expressions and with few words than you can do screaming and yelling and going blue. And and I think I think there's certain wrestlers right now they're able to do that. You're right. You know, Brian Danielson in that in that video promo for Okada and that was over the weekend at Dominion, you know, where he challenges Okada and hopefully we see that match at Forbidden Door and I'm sure we'll talk about that in the days to come. But it was only at the end where you really started to when you when Brian Danielson was talking you're like Holy shit. Like he means what he says. And, you know, and and that's, again, the emotional connection with the audience. That's what's more important over anything else. And it can connect with each fan in a different way. When Brian Danielson said, you're in the desert, there is no rain. You know what immediately clicked in my mind, Dave? What? And Mark? You're in the jungle, baby. You're gonna die. Yeah, that's, your shit, that's how I. Your shit doesn't play it. here. Your shit doesn't play here. It it right. doesn't rain I'm, I'm in the Brian desert. I'm Brian Danielson. I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to blow you up. I'm going to stretch you and expose you. And when when your lungs cannot fill with air, and your mouth goes dry. That's when you'll realize there is no rain in the desert. Ooh. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> and, and, and you know what, Bully, what that did when I saw that, and, like, again, it's not – I don't believe it's official for Forbidden Door, though I, I think, you know, that's where we're going to see that match. That's the type of promo, you know, that's old school where it's like, I, I, I have to go and see this. Like, I have to buy a ticket to see this match. Like there's, You said see it, Dave. You don't want to just see it. You, you want to feel there. it. You want to be, be there, there so yeah. you can feel it. 
Yes. And and I do too. I mean, if I have to go to Japan, I, I shit, I'll go to Japan. But if it's in the States, like I want to be there for that match because I know it's it's a historical match. It's it's one of the few times right now in this current era of pro wrestling that we get what we always loved as kids in the back of the magazine, they always had the fantasy warfare. This guy from this company and this guy from this company. And they were both the cream of the crop, the elite of the elite. And we know we would never get it, but we're going to get it. And I think this is a big reason why Brian Danielson wanted to be a part of AEW. I think a big reason why he want I think you know he accomplished everything you could do in the WWE but I think for him he wanted to step into a ring with a Kenny Omega he wanted to step into the ring with new Japan talent like you know Okada I think I think we're seeing the real reason why you know Brian Danielson wanted to be a part of AEW and obviously he had no ill words towards WWE he said it very clearly once he left that they made him a star but I think this is a big reason why. I think this match in particular is a big reason why Brian Danielson wants to be a part of AEW. But the promo was so good and so powerful that that is the story that I want to see play out in the match. You see, everybody in... AEW, New Japan, whoever likes that style of wrestling is going crazy right now because, oh my God, dream match, Danielson and Okada, move after move after move after move. You know what I want to see? I want to see Okada breathing so heavy that they say on commentary, we have never seen Okada this winded before we have never seen Okada this blown up before Brian Danielson is really dragging him through the desert. Let that promo play out in the ring. I want to see Brian Danielson now put Okada in a situation he's not familiar with. I want yeah. to see Danielson drag him into deep water at the end of the day. Okada's a young boy compared to Danielson. Danielson been doing this a lot longer than Okada. So I want to see some of these tricks up Danielson's sleeve in which he forces Okada to go someplace where he's never gone, where he can't get air in his lungs, he can't get spit in his mouth. Thus, Danielson is having his way with him. Tell me that story on commentary and then show me the struggle of Okada having to come back. Hey everyone, Jen Piacenti here, host of Sticks and Stacks, the podcast that brings you the very best action from the world of hockey and baseball. Each week, myself, Sean Drotar, and Nate Lundy will bring you our best picks and talk you through the props, bets, and fantasy advice that can help you become the best fantasy manager in your league or even just help you win some money. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. Your new champion from Double or Nothing, the one and only Chris Statlander. What did you learn while you were away? Oh, there's there's a lot of things that you learn when you're out with such an extensive injury. Um, 
you learn a lot about yourself and how much uh, wrestling means to you and how much it sucks when something that you love gets taken away from you. Um, but then you also kind of learn to take a step back and watch as a fan and you see how people react to things and you see how everything is happening as a whole. And then you try and find your way to work back into things and see where you fit as, cause wrestling always evolves and changes. You kind of look to see how uh, you can make yourself fit into where the product will be when you return. And I think it was a lot more um, like internal soul searching that you learn about uh, with an injury as opposed to, um, like just more moves or anything because you got to start over and make sure that you can still do what you used to do before um, once you recover from an injury. Uh, it's not Knock always about... the rust off. What was that? Knock the rust off. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Chris, you talked about, you know, the, the time that you took off because of injury and you were watching the product at the time, sitting back and watching, you know, through the fans' eyes as well as the professionals' eyes, how did you feel about the AEW women's division during that time you were away? I, there, I had many thoughts. Um, never at once did I think that I was like, oh, they need me to be back. Um, there was a lot of times, especially early on with injury, I was like, they're doing so great without me. I don't even know if I fit into this anymore. I don't know if I deserve to come back and compete with these women because they're killing it right now while I'm, while I have to take this time off. Um, but also in seeing that, how well they're doing and how much everyone else is stepping up when people are injured, people are out, they aren't able to be there. Um, it made me even more excited to come back and be a part of that also. So it was, it, it took a while to get that shift from, oh, they don't need me anymore to, oh, wait, no, we're going to, when I come back, that's even more people to kill it with and have these great matches with. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very exciting. And I was very proud to see how well everyone was doing um, with a few people down at the time. Chris, I, 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 I suffered many injuries and had um, sometimes uh, three months off, and then sometimes it was 10 months. I had 10 months off was the longest amount of time. And my brain was playing these, these, these sick and twisted um, jokes, I guess, on myself. Um, you just mentioned that you started to feel like you know what, they don't need me. Um, was that the worst mind trick that was played on you while you were while you were out? Because I I, I did the same thing. I, I, I decided I wasn't gonna come back at one mm -hmm. point. And I got fussed at real bad and cussed out and said, get your ass together and get was there anybody there for you while you were at home uh, pushing you to get back? Uh there was so many people, so many people would check Shout on them me. out. Oh, um, oh man, I, it, it was really a lot of people like, of course, um, like best friends like Orange and Chuck and Trent, they were always checking on me a lot. Um, people like Dustin Rhodes, uh, a lot of almost the entire women's locker room would check on me. Um, make sure that I'm doing okay mentally. Uh, Dasha, for sure. She's always such a, a ray of sunshine. Um, yeah. 
even a lot of the guys too. Uh, a lot of people really had my back and um, they really not only made me feel like it was worth coming back, but like that I had a home and a family here that needed me to be a part of it. And uh, it's those little reminders, even though there's so many times where they're phys- people are physically telling you, uh, no, you're great. We're all so excited for you. We all want you to come back. This You deserve this. And then I'm just like, I don't know if I deserve to be put in that position. I don't know if I, I, I haven't been able to be consistent. I can't show up when I want to. Um, it's, it, it's hard to sometimes just let, just accept the fact that people want you around, especially when you're your own worst critic. And we all are in wrestling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it was pretty much the entire locker room. Um, and I would show up at work pretty often uh during my recovery and uh if people weren't reaching out to me while I was at home because I was there so often in person so many people would pull me aside and be like hey how you doing uh everything mentally okay physically you're feeling good and stuff so I had people checking on me all the time and it made it a lot easier to uh be reminded that I'm wanted where I'm at you know, Chris, let's go back to just over a week ago at Double or Nothing. You know, what was going on in in your head, in your heart, just before you went out there uh, to face Jade? Um, I was hoping that I wouldn't mess up. Um, it was, and it's like, it's not the first time that I made a return because this is my second ACL injury, but... Uh, it was very, very different from the first one because the first time there was no fans and I was sitting in a claw machine for the entirety of a match waiting to pop out of it. Uh, so it was a lot, it was a lot different of a situation coming out on pay-per-view to um, like 10,000 people uh, live on pay-per-view. Um, uh, it was more just trying to remind myself that I know what I'm doing. You've done this before. Um, I remember Trent told me that I was playing it very cool, but uh, I have like a heart rate monitor that I was ahead on. And it said that I was in like high stress zone for like an hour, just how fast my heart was beating. But he was like, you were playing it so cool. I had no idea. And I was like, well, you know, I, I like to not show that I'm nervous. You sell it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't let them know. Can't let these people know. I'm scared. <laughs> Chris, you, you, Chris, you mentioned that when you were taking your time off for injury, that you frequently showed up at AEW for Dynamite or for, for Rampage. Why were you showing up at TV and events despite the fact that you were injured? Um, I remember after we got the official news that I was it was an ACL tear and I had to take the time off, um, they said... I, I remember people told me um, that if you want to travel, you are welcome to. We love having you around. Um, and like you're more than welcome to be here if you need to you need a break from home uh, just because of how mentally stressful it is. And um, so I, I don't want to say I took advantage of that because I made it like once or twice a month that I would show up. Um, but it was very much so just to be around and to um, I, I definitely needed a break from being at home. And it helped remind me that I was still a part of the family and um, uh, to 
uh, check in with the doctors um, so they could see my progress. Um, uh, and then we also were filming all like the like the very basically the documentary that showed up on the road to right before uh, my first match back on Dynamite. Uh, we would film those updates all the time. Um, but yeah, it was very it was a lot of the time just kind of a, a morale boost. And for the first few times that I traveled, uh, I felt really bad about being there, feeling like I was in the way. And I was like, why did I even bother coming? And then it took a few weeks of travel where people were like, no, we love having you around. We want you to be here. We love spending your time or spending time with you and having your presence around that. I was like, okay, I, well, I feel like I have more of a purpose here than just being an on-screen wrestler. Like there's, it, I felt like I, I was good for morale, not to, you know, be like, oh, I'm the locker room leader. But it just, I felt like uh, people were happy to see me and I was happy to see them. And it was, it was a positive thing. It was very much not trying to prove anybody like, oh, I'm, I'm better than anyone for traveling or, oh, she's, she's traveling with a torn knee. What is, what is she doing? And it's like, I did do that, but that was my choice because I wanted to be there. And not everybody gets the luxury of getting to have that. You, you, Dave, you know that I, I'm, I have favorites. I show favorites. I, I, I'm, I'm a sizist. Uh, I like women of stature and strength and athleticism. And uh, Chris is one of those. Uh, tall, statuesque, very athletic, and but but more than anything, Dave, just damn strong. And it, I would always see her and try to you know give you know my thoughts on what she can do strength wise. So wait a second, Mark. So the world's strongest man is calling Chris Statlander strong. Like Chris, you got it. I mean, that's like the ultimate comment right there. You you got to see it. In, I mean, the fans know what I'm talking about, but like, I want to know what is it now that you feel like you're going to bring to the table, not just the strength and athleticism part. Um, um, was there something that you studied that you learned about yourself that you learned while you were at home that you're going to uh, add to your repertoire? Hmm. Uh, I'm not quite sure. Um, Cause I feel like there is so much that you can do with, um, with being one of the more stronger and bigger statured people, especially a lot, a lot of women are a lot smaller than me, and I'm not saying that I'm huge or anything, but it's just a, a lot of women on our roster are a little bit smaller, and there's ways that I can throw them around that I look forward to doing so. Um, but <laughs> also, I've been, <laughs> I've been, um, I've been boxing a lot lately. Um, I'm not sure how that will be incorporated. Um, I've tried to do it a little bit. It's still a work in progress um I, I i do feel like i should try and be a little bit better about some technical stuff and submissions and whatnot but also you don't necessarily need that as someone who can just throw people around a bunch but it's it's tiring it's tiring being the big guy in the match and i am i gotta learn some stuff to just wear them down a little bit more because it's hard it's hard to throw people 20 minutes into a match so yeah. You know, Chris, Grab a Chris, hold. 
Chris, you've been with AEW pretty much from day one. I, I believe like a month in, you know, from them, yeah. you know, starting on Dynamite, you've been a part of the company. And you've seen the progression of, of AEW, but also who you just beat uh, for the championship, Jade Cargill. Like, mm-hmm. what, is, what was the first thought that went in your head when you realized you were going to be the one to dethrone Jade? Because they spent so much time building that undefeated streak, and then you were the one to beat it. So what was your first thought when you knew that you were going to be that person to do it? Uh, very much what I've been saying where I, um, I was nervous and I wasn't sure if I was the one that deserved to be the one to do it. Um, and it's, it's not just because of how much they've built her up. Uh, it's just, she has such incredible star power. She has such a presence to her. Um, people want to see her and, it's hard or I I was putting pressure on myself thinking like, how am I going to live up to the type of person and the type of star that she is? She's undefeated. She's brought so many outside eyes to wrestling. She's done so much. Um, And it's, it's, it's going to take a while to realize that I don't have to be the next Jade. I just have to be Chris Statlander and I've got to make, my title reign be mine and I can still go out and do events and do things that she did, but I'm not going to be Jade. No one's going to be Jade. Jade's the first ever TBS champion. She's the longest reigning champion in AEW history. And I think those are two incredible accolades that no one else in the world is going to have. Um, it's, it's a lot of pressure about, uh, you know, just, uh, proving that I, I am the one that was able to step up and I can step up and I will. And even though I've taken, not that I've taken all this time off, but I've had to because of being injured, um, that I can step right back into the scene and, uh, be a champion that people deserve and that people want to see. And it's been about just about a week since I've been back and I've already technically wrestled four matches and I am so tired, <laughs> but I, I, uh, it's everything that I've wanted it to be. And I'm just so thankful uh, it gets that everyone easier. has trusted me. Yeah. It gets easier. Them. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, I want to thank you. Congratulations. Congratulations on the return. Congratulations on the championship. And, uh, you know, and then big things are coming. Obviously, uh, yeah. you're going to have a lot of people watching you at the end of August uh, out there oh. in the UK. So, uh, yeah, all the big things. Congratulations. And, you know, say hello to all the dogs out there for us. <laughs> of course. Of course. Every dog that passes. Down. And boots. And boots. Yes. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, Please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.